Hey there, before I get started with the conversation with Corey about running, wanted to remind you that this podcast is supported by patrons. And so there's a website, patreon.com, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash things about things. And about 75 people at this point support my podcast. And what the patrons get are some exclusive podcasts and some other fun stuff like stickers and art prints and more, depending on what level of support. And if you're interested in doing that and getting some exclusive content or just you know helping me do what I do, you can go to patreon.com slash things about things. And of course, you can also not do that and just listen. But either way, thanks for listening and I hope you enjoy this conversation with Corey about running. Hello, wonderful people. This is Jason English with Things About Things, simplifying concepts without sacrificing depth. And I'm on the phone with my friend, Corey Keene. He is a runner. He is a coach of both teams and individuals, and he is the founder of Second Wellness, uh, Second Wind Wellness. And uh, we're going to talk about his business in a little while. But uh, hey, Corey. Hey, Jason. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, I wish talking we could, about things. I think yeah. I can talk about things. <laughs> I wish we could do it in person. Obviously, we both live in Boone, but. COVID times, so unfortunately we got to do this on the phone. But um, so yeah, we're going to talk about running, and I'm going to give a little bit of a kind of a heads up to the listeners about some of your resume, but kind of want you to fill in uh, more of it. I, I I know that you probably don't like to brag, but I know some of your background about running and how and why. Uh, you're worth listening to and learning from, <laughs> but uh, I, I just I remember some of the highlights being conference champion in college and all American in college and qualifying for like fifteenth in some Olympic trial and all these things. Like, uh, man, t- talk a little bit, just like talk a little bit about what that feels like to win, win stuff. <laughs> <laughs> um. Well, frankly, I always enjoyed the feeling right after the race. Um, <laughs> no sane person really enjoys the pain during a race. Um, <laughs> and, and frankly, you just do everything you can just to hang on. And then at the end, uh, if you win, you're, it's just, yeah, a deep sigh of relief and everything. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah. But I mean, you, so you were multiple, you, you were conference champion in multiple events. Is that right? Yeah, so I won six uh, conference championships in college. Uh, I ran for a Division II university in western Kansas. And I was, uh, I was telling Jason before this that my coach and I could run 20, 22-mile long runs every Saturday, and we would never turn once. Um, so quite a, quite different terrain than we have out here in Boone. Um, but, yeah, no, it was great for training, and, you know, I – Became a six-time conference champion and so three-time All-American. Six, and so, three, yeah. Three-time All-American? Yeah. So 
what, what is six-time conference champion? Like, you only went to college. You can't go to college six <laughs> years. Does that just mean, like, six different events? I think that's what I understand. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I won cross-country uh, championship one year, and then I won 3K, 5K, 10K, um, all just between indoor and outdoor. So just kind of scattered throughout my college career. So let's talk a bit about running, um, about how, what we can learn I, I want to learn from you, and I know that anyone who clicked on this would love to learn a little bit more about running. And and I just want to start with the question of why do you think people run? <laughs> I think the motivation certainly can change. I think some people run just for the sake of exercise. Others use it to reset their mind. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, uh, it's a little bit of both. Mostly for me, it's resetting my mind and just uh, enjoying the the outdoors, um, and yeah, being able to connect with myself and yeah, and other people as well. Well, uh, I've I remember when I was running with you, uh, feeling like. Hey, I'm not doing that bad. And then like halfway just going, oh, it's just he's taking it easy on me. I, <laughs> I, remember, I remember that feeling. Uh, but I think that, you know, anyone who wants to either begin running or improve in their running might simply think that running is just about running, about the physical. But I know that you really, as far as when you're coaching, and I'm sure when you're running too, really like to focus on so some of the other aspects that improve running. Can you, you want to talk a little bit about that? How can how can we improve as runners, not just in the category of running? <laughs> yeah, I I'm a firm believer that community is really what um, gives us life. And for me, I, I value conversations I have with people on runs, hearing about their life, their daily struggles, uh, gives me an opportunity to do the same with them. And so that community aspect, um, and, it, and it's a simple sport, you know, you, <laughs> yeah. you grab a pair of good running shoes and, uh, you get out the door with another individual. Um, so I find the community aspect, uh, to be really important and it keeps you consistent as well. Right. It's hard to convince yourself to go outside and it's 20 degrees, mm-hmm. um, at, you know, six o'clock in the morning if you don't have somebody to run with. Yeah. Um, so I get it, man. So how, how is it, <clears throat> how can running, uh, I was looking at your website and part of the benefits of coaching section and you mentioned things like increased daily energy. Mm-hmm. Talk a little bit about, I mean, this might be more scientific here, but like, how are you going to gain energy if you're not sure if you have the energy to even do the run? How, does, <laughs> how, how, would, how would actually doing the running help with energy? Don't you need the energy to do the run? <laughs> I know. It's kind of a catch-22. Um, you know, I think we, we can get caught up in the physical aspect uh, of running, but I'm a firm believer that what's even more important is the mental, emotional side of it. Um, I think it can offer us a chance to, to reset, but even just in my years as a, a college athlete, I noticed that there were all kinds of runners who were far better than me. Um, but they didn't, 
they didn't really enjoy it. They were just going through the motions. Um, and after a while, you just saw them burnt out. And okay. They didn't stick around in the sport. And um, you follow any professional track athlete, uh, they all have this enjoyment of what they're doing, um, not just in the physical activity, but just uh, in their mind. And so uh, I look at it two ways. There's, there's duty and then there's delight. You know, if you're doing something with a duty mindset, then it's just a I should, I need to type of thoughts. Right. Um, but then when you're doing it with the delight mindset, it's like, you know, I enjoy this. This is good for me. Uh, this resets me. This uh, gives me a new perspective on life for the stress that I'm facing right now. Yeah. So let's bounce back and forth between maybe some physical aspects of running and then go back to go back to mental, but I have a couple questions regarding, um, kind of the physical aspect of, of running and does it matter what I wear? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Talk a little bit about that. (laughs) I would, uh, I would highly suggest talking with, with somebody who's, uh, knowledgeable about, uh, running form and shoes that are going to help support your running form um i know there's a local store here in town the the mountain um running company and they have several people there who will watch your gait and um yeah help you determine what shoes going to support you keep you healthy and on the roads um i know some people run more on their forefront foot uh and so it can put a little more stress on the achilles if you're not used to that and Hmm. you know some people uh their their toes splay out or they splay in or Mm -hmm. um yeah some of those little techniques you can you can slowly change over time um but i think shoes in particular uh can really uh yeah help support you and keep you on the roads other than shoes um you know whatever's (laughs) whatever's comfortable uh I, I uh, my, well, my college coach, he, he told us, uh, you know, you, you're a college athlete. If you don't show up to practice with split shorts, then you're going home. And so, uh, if anybody showed up on our team with basketball shorts on, he would send us straight home. Why? Um, <laughs> Why does that matter? Uh, once again, kind of going back to the, the mindset, he, He's like, you know, you're a college athlete. This is your job now. Um, I want you to look and think like a, uh, a high-level athlete. Mm-hmm. And I did notice over time, yeah, that that little little shift in our mind uh, really did help. Does it just stay create more? On training. Does it create more space for your leg to move or something? Um. Yeah. I mean, it's just easier. Uh, you had to run. You know, it's okay. not as restricting. Okay. Yeah. Um, so no tight jeans. You don't. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Unless you want to uh, try to break a record for the fastest blue jean mile, which I think was set uh, a few years ago. Are you being ran, serious? Like, four twelve. Yeah, he ran four twelve uh, <laughs> for a blue jean mile. Uh, oh, that's so, hilarious. Yeah, I could barely run that with split shorts. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Okay. Let's talk about, you mentioned the word gate. What does that mean? Uh, 
more or less like your your running form mm-hmm. uh you know are your are uh you have a long stride do you have a short stride uh where's your foot hitting the ground um how quickly are your moves cycle or your legs cycling uh as you're running and, so there's not yeah. necessarily there's not necessarily one uh one way to do it no, I think everybody just develops it over time. Uh, I think it can be really helpful for each person. And I even had this uh, in college was people would observe your running form and kind of point out areas that you could potentially um, yeah, hinder you or to, for you to get injured later on. I know one thing I tell a lot of people is, you know, you might run kind of heavy on the ground. You'll hear your feet slapping and everything. Right uh, and all that, you know, that's putting a lot of pressure on your bones that you know could come back to bite you later on. And so, mm-hmm. I just like to tell people, run quiet. If you don't do anything else, or yeah, if you don't do anything else for your running form, just listen to the sound of your feet and try to make your footsteps as quiet as possible. Uh, wow. And I think naturally, when you focus on that you'll find your legs cycling just a little bit faster and uh, spend as little time on the ground as possible. Man, that's great. Let's talk about breathing. Uh, do you have any, <laughs> any uh, recommendations of breathing? I mean, is it, is it supposed to be in through your nose, out through your mouth? Is it supposed to be at a certain pace? Yeah, the whole in through your nose, out through your mouth, uh, I'm not a firm believer in that. I think that's a a good meditation, Mm -hmm. breathing practice, uh, sitting or uh, resetting in the morning. But as far as breathing is concerned with running, uh, just breathe. (laughs) Uh, If if anything, yeah, listen to the sound of your breath. And when you start hearing yourself get a little raspier, Mm -hmm. just take a couple huge deep breaths and then just keep on going you know breathing through your nose and your mouth at the same time whatever is natural to you Hmm. but uh i wouldn't put undue stress on okay i need to breathe in through my nose out through my mouth um yeah just breathe what feels comfortable and when you find yourself getting out of breath take a moment to take a couple deep breaths and, and then get back at it what about that feeling that we all that that dreadful feeling <laughs> of you're running, you haven't really gone too far yet, or even if you have, but you're not done, and you get a side stitch, mm. or you know whatever you call that, like a a little thing in your muscles in your in your chest that kind of yeah I call it a stitch, but um, mm-hmm. what do you do? Uh, well, <laughs> I haven't had one in quite a while, but. Typically, I would I would say you really want to try to calm your breathing. Um, mm-hmm. Just going back to what we had just talked about, taking a few deep breaths. Uh, you might also think about your form. You know, are you slouching over? Are you standing upright? Mm-hmm. Uh, just aware of your body posture. Uh, you know, if you're staying hunched over most of your run and you're breathing really uh, lightly and mm-hmm. um, yeah, raspy, then mm-hmm. yeah, I'd say you've got a better chance of getting a side stitch. And and frankly, those do start to go away uh, in time of consistency with your training. And, right. 
uh, just getting out there and putting time in on your legs. Uh, should should we be eating before we run? You really don't want to eat uh, any closer to a run other than like two hours. So try to eat two hours before your run. That's about how long it takes for your body to really digest um, a meal. You know, maybe if you want a snack an hour and a half before, that would that'd be good. But, you know, talking about the side stitch, food can also be uh, something that aggravates a side stitch. So if you're eating too close to your run, you know, your body's trying to digest. Now you're making it work hard. Your breathing's heavier. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that can affect your side stitch. So, yeah, hydration and food are important, but being aware of when to take both is also equally important. Well, so let's talk about when, because in your scenario earlier, you talked about getting up at running at six in the morning. Well, I don't want to wake up at four o'clock in the morning <laughs> to have a meal. So does that mean yeah. that I, that I'm, if I wake up and run at six o'clock, that means I haven't eaten in 10, 12 hours. Mm-hmm. Uh, am I going to have, like, does my body have the proper energy for that? Yeah, I mean, I know people who've done both who will eat before. Um, Some, if they get up that early, they'll just eat after. Mm -hmm. I think some of it can be preference. Uh, I, if I'm getting up that early, I typically won't have anything until right afterwards. But if I do feel like I need something, say it's a longer run I'm doing that morning or I'm going to join somebody for a workout, I'll try to have something light to eat, like a you know, a piece of toast mm-hmm. and some coffee or tea. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and maybe I don't have like a full breakfast, but maybe I have one piece of toast. Um, there are any foods or, that, that are better or, or worse, like things that maybe you shouldn't eat? I would stay away from heavier foods like dairy. You know, if you're going to have a bowl of cereal for the mor- or that morning, mm-hmm. You know, use almond milk or soy milk. It's easier for your body to digest. And even outside of running, I'd say that okay. it's better as a whole to try to avoid dairy products. So dairy is a big one. Um, foods that are really heavy and gluten can also be uh, a trigger. I only use toast just because, you know, you can have a small amount of it. And, right. Um, it's not super high in calories. And then you mentioned uh, coffee. That's okay to have before a run? Yes, some people have have troubles with it upsetting their stomach because when you're running, uh, all the the blood is now going to your extremities to you know help you exercise, and so that that takes that blood away from your gut, which is why some people have issues on runs. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, so coffee can can cause that. Um, once again, you just kind of. A lot of it's exper- uh, experimenting with what works for you, listening to what other people do, and just through trial and error, figure out um, what's nice. If if you tend to have stomach problems in the morning uh, with a run, I like to to have a tea of or a cup of peppermint tea. Uh-huh. It it does help yeah. calm your stomach a little bit, um, and it uh, it doesn't dehydrate you quite as much as coffee does. Yeah. Well, thanks, man. Let's bounce back to more of the mental, emotional aspect of this. You want to talk a little bit about just like how running and exercise in general is 
good for the mind. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I have a mentor of mine. He always says, uh, you're not qualified to be in your own mind. Um, don't ever go into your mind unsupervised. And I thought it was a really wise statement because we can spend so much time, you know, talking ourselves in circles. You know, we can be, you know, talking down on ourselves or convincing that, convincing ourselves that, you know, we can't do this. We're not good enough for, you know, uh, all kinds of negative thinking patterns. So when we're just stuck in our own head, it can be a really dangerous place to be, uh, which is why as a runner and as a college athlete, it was so important to be around community, to share my thoughts with others. Um, You can do that on a run with people. You can do it before. You can do it after. But I think it's incredibly important to not be left alone with our own thoughts for a long period of time. It's good to reflect, but... Reflection and community, I think, go hand in hand. What about the other way around? How does the right mindset help with running? You know, like, so it's like it can help your mindset to run, but also can't it help you run to have a good mindset? Mm -hmm. How is that? How is that possible? You know, how is it possible to, let's just say the two people, are equal on a physical level. Let's just hypothetically, you know, like they mm-hmm. would be exactly the same every their gait, their stride, their this, their that, their height, their weight, whatever. How is one better than the other? How does one sustain a longer run or a faster run? Not, and not just through physical training, but in their head. Mm-hmm. It seems to be the difference maker. How is that? How is that possible? Yeah, you you think of when you get to a breaking point in a race or just an everyday workout, you're, you're left up to your mind. Um, you know, your body could go farther, but if you're not convinced in your mind that you can go further, I mean, we all have a physical limit, right? but there, there's a point where you can push beyond what you think you can at that moment. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of that comes to building your your mental strength and that comes through just practice time and time again experimenting with uh, ways you talk to yourself um, what you think about during a run and and even just sharing that once again going back to the community sharing that with people around you like I remember in college I tell my coach I'm like I don't need you to tell me to run faster or uh, keep going. I, I, I know that. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't need to hear that. And some people get encouragement from that. Yeah. But I said, uh, Coach, I really need you to point out little things in my form. You know, hey, you're slouching your shoulders or uh, take some deep breaths or, you know, you look good, you look strong, yeah. um, that sort of thing. Yeah. That right. would help me break out of my own mind that said things like, man, I don't think I can last. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think this person is going to leave me in the dust and mm-hmm. all this work is going out the, out the window. And, um, mm. so are these some of the things that you help people with as a coach, whether it be a team that you're coaching or when people, um, just come to you and hire you as an individual coach, are these some of the things that you can work through with them? Oh, for sure. I think the mind impacts 
all of our behaviors uh, and it takes another person to point out what we can't see in ourselves. So when it comes to other runners, I try to get them to think about everyday training. Um, and what are, what are your thoughts today doing to help you with the race you have coming up? No. Mm-hmm. So in other words, uh, if, I'm trying to think of a good example. Yeah, if you're if you're just going through the motions for a workout, you know, you're just like, well, okay, I need to get up, I need to do, you know, ten times a mile or whatever the workout is. If you're just getting up, okay, I'm gonna do this, I'm checking it off my list and I'm done. Okay, that's that's okay. Um, but that's dropping back into that duty category of I need to, I should, I have to mindset. Yeah. Or you can go, okay, this morning, this is the task. This is the workout. I'm going to go do this. And then you think long-term, um, how is today playing into the race, you know, three, four weeks from now? Mm-hmm. Um, what, what type of mindset would, do I have today that's going to benefit me later? You know, maybe it's, hey, I'm going to break up this workout into little bits, you know, instead of thinking the whole workout 10 times a mile, you can just think a couple reps. It's like, okay, uh, I'm just going to, I just got one mile at this pace and then I get the rest and then the next mile. And then, you know, you, you just, you practice with different strategies that move you out of that category of I'm doing this because I have to. And I think with health, um, you can treat it the same way. A lot of people, myself included in different aspects of health, have a hard time sustaining a holistic well-being lifestyle mm-hmm. because we we look at it as, oh, I need to do this to keep my blood pressure down or I need to do this to lose weight or I, I really need to pause and meditate in the morning, otherwise I'll be stressed. You know, once again, all these thoughts are our duty mindset. And I, I'm firm believer that if we want to live a sustainable life, a fulfilling life, then, uh, then we have to discover what is it that brings joy to me? How, how can I think about this? How can I do this exercise or live this certain way in my life that will be enjoyable? Uh, and we keep coming back to this. It comes back to community. It comes back to people. We can't do these things on our on our own. We can be some of the most self-disciplined people and still struggle with it. I saw that right after college. I thought I was a really self-disciplined person. And suddenly I got injured and was no longer running at the level I, I used to. And uh, other areas of my life, in terms of my mental health and emotional health, like it all went downhill. And I just tried to muscle through it on my own. And, it took me several years to realize, uh, okay, that was, was kind of stupid. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I was going into my head unsupervised, and uh, now I see that. <laughs> well, what about, I mean, for, for those of us that aren't, we're not training for a race, we just want to have healthy body, healthy mind, um, you know, how would those goals be different and how would the motivation 
continue. You know, if it's like, well, I'm not really in the mood for this one. I, I don't have a race two weeks from now, and this this day doesn't work towards that race. Mm-hmm. What kind of what kind of tools? What kind of tips for maintaining um, that motivation when there's no race to train for? Yeah, I would say don't <laughs> don't focus on the problem. Don't focus on what you think is most visible, like eating a balanced diet or taking time to pause and rest or, um, you know, doing, uh, exercising every day. Like don't, don't focus on that, that problem, that task right before you think of by doing this activity, what is it allowing me to do? You know, maybe it's, well, you know, if I'm exercising today, um, I'm going to have a clearer mind when I go to work. I'm going to be more refreshed and actually enjoy my job. Or, you know, maybe it's, hey, I'm going to eat well today because I want to be able to continue to to be there for my grandkids or I want to have more energy for them. Um, You know, there's a whole slew of motivations outside of just uh, our holistic health that can motivate us to... Um, to do the daily uh, things we need to do to yeah. to care for ourselves. Well, eventually I want to get around to talking about your Second Wind Wellness business. But before we get to that, and I'm not going to forget, I really want to focus on that towards the end. But I want to talk a little bit about your your um, kind of the peak of your career with the Olympic trials and then when it seemed to come crashing down um (laughs) yeah so so first let's talk about when you were really at your fastest so to speak and i I don't necessarily mean best i actually probably assume that you're 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 at your best now and your best days are ahead of you in terms of like you know health but like what about when you were at your fastest talk about that olympic trial yeah so being at the peak of my performance and running was shortly after I graduated. Um, I had a, I went on for a fifth year, finished cross and let's see, December of 2015. And then January of 2016, I ended up running in the, um, elite group of the Houston half marathon. And I thought, you know, I'm just gonna, <laughs> at the time it was 65 minutes for a half marathon to qualify for the Olympic trials marathon. Goodness. Cause most people don't realize that you can actually qualify for the Olympic trials marathon through a half marathon time. Okay. Um, the standards changed now. I think it's 64 minutes now, but, um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so I, I went into this half marathon. I'm coming off at 10K cross country training. And so I thought, okay, so uh, only add in another six miles. And uh, and I, frankly, I went into the race not really thinking I'd qualify. And I ended up just being able to run with a group of 10 to 15 guys who were all trying to run under 65 minutes. And it was one of the coolest things I'd ever experienced because we all had a shared goal and that was to hit the trial standard. And so we go into the race and we're all running as a group and we're switching leads to break the wind for each other. And, um, you know, I remember a couple of times I started falling off that pack and there was a guy who would like snap his fingers and point at his, 
at his heels and, you know, it'd be just enough <laughs> encouragement to give me that second win to catch up. And then there'd be other times I'd be doing that for somebody else. And before you knew it, mile after mile went by running, uh, four miles. And by the end, you know, we, <laughs> we all start splitting off and racing the last mile together. And, uh, we ran anything from sixty four thirty to 63.50. Um, there's about 15 of us in that, that span of time. And uh, I end up finishing the race with the 64.24. Um, it got me 19th among Americans and 29th in the, in the field. And what did that mean in terms of the Olympics? Uh, it just meant that I had qualified. I could go, I could go race at the Olympic trials marathon, which oh, I didn't gotcha. end up doing. Um, I ended up getting injured and was unable to run at the trials. So that was a real bummer. I had recovered from that injury. I thought, and I ran the USA 15 K championships, uh, that March, I finished 16th in that race and was feeling my injury coming back. And I thought, man, well, it's fine. You know, I kept telling myself it'll be good. I'll keep pushing through. Uh, I have a terrible track record of not uh, <laughs> not caring for my body and just trying to push through pain. And I ran the USA Half Marathon Championships in April. And that was really my, that was the last, the last nail in the coffin. I went through that entire race and to this day I'm not entirely sure what exactly I injured but anytime I overtrain or go too fast now uh, I see um, that injury in my hip just start to flare up and so so that's the that's kind of the thing that ended ended the career in terms of pursuing pursuing uh from a performance perspective I mean I know you still run all the time and coach and all that Mm -hmm. stuff but like was it the hip that got you? Yeah, that that was the start of it. Uh, at that point, I was also starting to get a little burnt out. You know, <laughs> you know, it's ironic that I keep talking about community and the importance of listening to people, and I'm able to talk about that because I am so aware that that was missing in a good chunk of my life, and it's come back to bite me multiple times. And so when I got that hip injury, it set me back in training, uh, at the time, I was a graduate student, a part-time graduate assistant. I was teaching 10 hours of personal training classes a week and uh, and then was running 100 to 110 miles a week. And then on the weekends was traveling for races. So you, you add up all that and any sane person would say that's not sustainable. Right. But I thought, oh, I'm not, I'm not a normal person. I, I can do this. I can push through. It just takes discipline. And it only took a... I think 12 months of that before I was, I was done. I was burnt out. I'd had this injury and then, uh, and then my wife and I decided we wanted to move to Boone. Um, and so then we move out here 17 hours away from family and mm-hmm. not really sure what we're doing and trying to adjust to life. And <laughs> it's like all this started taking place in a short amount of time. And, um, yeah. And so running just, started to fall by the wayside and for a long time I didn't know who I was outside of sport because I started running at the age of three that was my first race was three days before I turned three I ran a mile race 
and so from <laughs> from that age until uh, you know, I guess my last good performance year would have been when I was 24. And so from three to 24, everybody knew, knew me as Corey the runner. And so when that was all gone, I was like, well, <laughs> who am I now? And yep. what do I do now? And uh, right. that was a really hard part of my life. Well, I, I feel like you just described, um, what a lot of people go through is just the the topic is to, sometimes it's not running it's something else mm-hmm. and uh and i think that part of the deepest one of the deepest most important things for us to determine is who we are beyond what we do mm-hmm. and so i think that um the fact that you've that you've still that you're still involved in running and that you're still involved in coaching runners now that you know that's not your true the deepest identity then it's like probably more a more healthy version of Corey the runner than when it was Corey the runner right Mm -hmm. yeah yeah and it's taken several strategies uh suggested by wise people in my life to get me out of that performance mindset because for a long time running was the thing that I was expected to do you know in college it was my job after college I thought it it could be a portion of my work and um so now learning to to run for um just for the sake of enjoying it uh, mm-hmm. and not with the main goal of performance it's different and some people in my life have suggested strategies that have worked for me like uh i have a gps watch but i rarely ever connect it to satellites uh-huh. so i don't i don't know how far i run I usually just go for time and that keeps me out of that mindset of, Oh, I have to be running, you know, this time You're right. uh, for this, this distance. Um, I don't have to do that anymore since yeah. I'm not focused on performance. And there's something very freeing about that. Uh, sure. Plus <laughs> if you get out here and run single track trails, it doesn't matter what time you're running. Uh, you start doing a climb up Grandfather Mountain, you can just toss time out the window. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> or the MSD or the Tonawa, any of those trails. Uh, yeah, your pace and time, it's not going to matter. you got to focus more on your effort. And mm-hmm. uh, what effort can you run that day that you can sustain for a period of time? So, yeah, pace is not important on trails. <laughs> right. Uh, let's talk a little bit more about that phrase that you've brought up a couple times that, um, about not being in your own mind or, Mm -hmm. uh, I don't quite understand that because when I run, especially if I'm running longer distances, so, well, I, I should say only when I'm running longer distances, it doesn't really apply when it's short distance, but when I'm running longer distances, I do fully get in my head and Mm -hmm. I, and I, and I like that. And I like that as opposed to trying to avoid it. So talk, talk about what that mentor of yours said and what, what that means. Yeah. So it's not so much like getting stuck in your thoughts. It's more so about like the negative thoughts. What, what type of language are you talking to yourself when Uh you're on a run that's more the important side of it. Uh, right. You know, this mentor of mine talking about not going to my own head unsupervised, you know, when I start sifting through different emotions or, um, 
you know, obsessing about what to do next. It's like, I don't have a very clear perspective on those things. Yeah. Um, I tend to be pretty hard on myself and expect perfection. And so in those, those sort of thoughts, uh, it's not wise for me to just try to tackle them on my own. Uh Um, But being on a run and yeah, getting lost in your mind. Oh, that's a great thing. I love it. Right. Uh, right. Yeah. I love just, you're not, you're not thinking about thinking. You're just thinking. (laughs) Oh man, that's so huge. And uh, you know, I played, I played baseball in college and it was a similar thing was like, um, when you're at practice, you know, you practice because I was, I was, you're Corey the runner. I was Jason the baseball player. And it's like, it's a very similar, you know, um, similar feeling. And it was like you spend out thousands of hours and years and, you know, with all your form, whether it's with hitting or with um, fielding or throwing. And it's like you work on every little thing with form and you, uh, over and over and over and over for muscle memory. And, but then when it's, when it's like, when it's a game or when you're actually in the purest form of play, just playing, cause you know, it is a, it's meant to be played. It's supposed to be fun. Yeah. Um, you don't, you don't think about your form of hitting. You just hit. Yeah. And you don't think like a ground ball comes and you don't think, okay, uh, left foot, then right foot, then, you know, like this is the form, keep your head down and bend your knees. You just play the game. And, mm-hmm. and if you were to overanalyze it in the, in the game, you're probably going to fail. <laughs> <You know? laughs> uh, thinking, thinking too much can certainly come back to, to haunt you. And <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like, you can, there's been times where it's like you strike out looking and you don't swing because you were concentrating so much on how to swing. <laughs> yeah. Which was really what we were talking about earlier is focusing on the problem instead of, yeah. you know, just being in that moment and being present where you're at. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's a whole realm of positive psychology that does research on, they call it being in the flow. Um, right. I, I would typically just call it being in the zone. Most right. athletes can, resonate with that yeah that's what you're describing you know you're you're that muscle memory is taken over you're just there in that moment um you know you sometimes people get that on runs you might call it a runner's high or you're just your legs feel great and you mm-hmm. couldn't imagine stopping and right um you're just in that present moment and i think outside of sports we can experience that as well but you know, I know I'm guilty of overanalyzing everything in my life or trying to peg it all down instead of, yeah, let's, what's right before me and, uh, can I enjoy what I'm doing right now? We'll talk a little bit. Let's, let's talk about your business, Second Wind Wellness, um, and why you started it and what you are offering people. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I got into health and wellness coaching primarily because of some of the history I've just shared with you is, you know, I came from a performance minded background where it was all about getting better. It was all about your physical health. And then, you know, through injury and life changes and burnout that changed for me where I was, you know, I, 
the physical side of health was um, was changing. It, it looked different now, and I I had neglected other aspects of our health. Um, you know, I, I I look at health as you know a triad. You have your mind, you have your body, and your spirit. And I, I like to make sure I explain that the spirit is really what is it that gives you peace, purpose, and hope? Um, okay. You know, because when you get up in the morning, what is it that that gives you purpose? And when you're going about your day, what is it that gives you peace? And, you know, so that's, good. that's an important part of, of our health as well. Um, so, yeah, I got into health and wellness coaching just because I saw how difficult it is to transition in different stages of your life. And also sustain a healthy lifestyle you know how many people make a new year's resolution and it works great for you know a few months and then suddenly you either lose motivation or you're just like oh yeah you know i saw improvement i think i'm good now and then you look back several months later and you go yeah man i I wish i could feel as good as i did back in february or whatever and so sustainable health um requires a different perspective. It's not just about programs. It's about changing thought patterns and behaviors. Because uh, like we talked about before, our thoughts play a huge role in how we live our life and uh, yeah, what we can, we can enjoy and sustain in terms of our health. Mm-hmm. So essentially if I were to sum up my health and wellness coaching, it would be that, you know, a personal trainer or a doctor or a nutritionist, an expert and or a counselor in different um, health fields, they'll tell you, okay, this is what you need to do. This is what I see. This is what's going to help you. And that's very beneficial. But then you're left with a big question. Okay, well, how do I do these things? <laughs> right. And that's where being in your own mind isn't a good place to be because you have a very biased view of how you need to do things. And that's why athletes have coaches, right? (laughs) Good professional athletes. They know what they're supposed to do. They know what their training should look like, but they need somebody to go, okay, yeah, that you need to ease up in that area or you need to take some more time to recover in this area. And so having an outside source who's knowledgeable about how to increase your health or your performance, um, I think is an integral part of sustaining uh, a fulfilling lifestyle. Uh, yeah. Does somebody need to, do they have to live in Boone in order to partner with you to be, to be their coach? No, no, no I'm, I'm doing it all online, uh, mm-hmm. partially because of COVID. Mm-hmm. But the other part is a group of people I want to reach are those in, helping professions and people in, you know, major life transitions. I'll I'll work with anybody, but with our, the busyness and what we do and the stress we already have in our life, I don't want coaching to just be one more thing. Oh, I need to meet with Corey this week Uh because I have to, it's, I think it's easier for people to pull out their laptop and have a video call with me. And we can discuss, okay, what's going on this week? What type of strategies do we need to tweak and change? And, right. you know, I, 
Yeah. That's so good. I well, think uh, online coaching is going to be just as, or it is just as beneficial as in person. So. Yeah. Well, I just want to recommend everyone to go to Corey's website. Um, it's secondwindwellness.com, but it's uh, second with a two, so 2ND, secondwindwellness.com. There are free resources on there with some articles and research and some tools. There's a, a, a wellness map and some really great stuff that Corey offers for free. And then another thing that's free that I want to recommend, anyone who's interested and taking advantage of this and partnering with Corey, you can go to the website again, second with a two, secondwindwellness.com. And if you just scroll all the way to the bottom of the homepage, you can sign up and get a complimentary coaching session. So I think that that's, I mean, the website itself has a bunch of free resources and then on the home, bottom of the homepage. So if you're, if you're interested at all in this and you think that you want to maybe have a coach, but you're not quite sure what it would look like, what it would, what that even means, sign up, get a complimentary coaching session with Corey and see if it's the type of thing that you think would be helpful for you and your, and your goals. Um, anything else you want to say about the business or the website? Um, yeah, just that, you know, you're, you're not weak willed, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, because you can't change your, your lifestyle. You're having trouble with changing to a healthier lifestyle. It's just, uh, we, we need, we need help. We need people to, um, give us instruction and an outside view of how to sustain our health. And so I feel like that's what I can, I can offer people is to give them strategies and suggestions, um, that are tailored specifically to them and their life. It's not a cookie cutter thing. That's why I like to do one-on-one coaching uh, and why I offer that complimentary session. It's because I want you to feel comfortable with me. And, uh, and right. if I'm a good fit to be your coach, then great. If I'm not, then I hope that you're able to find that in other areas. Right. So the, you know, the nature of this podcast, we try to simplify a concept without sacrificing depth. So I feel like, you know, we've done a lot. We've, t- I mean, we could talk for, I mean, there are podcasts <laughs> about everything you can think of with running, but try to, you know, for the, for those that are just like, they're listening right now and maybe they're not going to have you as a coach, but they want to get one little nugget of, of coaching right now. Uh, if you had to just give, Everybody, one little piece of advice. It covers all body types, all sets of goals, whether they're an elite athlete or they're just trying to, you know, get some energy. What's one piece of advice that you would give to anybody and everybody about running? Don't do it alone. (laughs) Mm. Don't do it alone. Wow. Awesome. Thanks, man. That's great. I needed to yeah. hear that. Um, yeah, I've got some buddies that I run with sometimes, but I tend to want to run alone because I'm around people so much in my job. Mm-hmm. And I and ultimately, I still do want to run alone sometimes. But um, I think I need to. Well, post COVID, at least I need to, <laughs> I need to to really take advantage of the friends that I have that like to run and, and do that more 
with with mm. people. Um, well, and when I say don't do it alone, I, uh, yeah, there are moments you run on your own, but don't do it in lo- or alone in terms of just it's it's all about you. It's all about mm-hmm. you and your mindset and um, yeah. You need people sometimes after your run, sometimes before, sometimes during. Oh, that's and good, we, right. We need that in our life as well. So, yeah, there are times to be alone, but sure. ultimately, um, yeah, just doing everything by ourselves is not a sustainable way to live our life right. um, or to run on that for that matter. That's so good. Yeah, the before, sometimes it's before, sometimes during, sometimes after. That is so true, man. That's so good. All right. Well, again, go. You can go to second with a two second to to ND secondwindwellness.com to look up some of those free resources. Uh, to basically look about what look up what Corey is offering, and you can go to the bottom of the homepage to sign up for a complimentary coaching session. Uh, Corey, thanks so much for your time, your wisdom, your expertise, your gentleness. I have learned so much from you, not only in this conversation, but many before it. And I'm, I really appreciate your time. Yeah, thank you, Jason. <laughs> yeah. All right. So everybody go to secondwindwellness.com. And of course, you can go to thingsaboutthings.com for more things. So thanks for listening. <laughs>